Welcome to Tucson New Thought. Somebody was walking in this morning and I apologize because I don't remember who it was that said it because I was inundated with a lot of people talking to me this morning. Um, somebody said, um, we don't want to do the burning bowl thing that all the New Thought Centers do. We want to see what Reverend Jonathan's going to do this morning. So I do the dissolving bowl. <laughs> which, is in, which is so much safer than having open flame because there's enough open flame here. Um, <laughs> What did you say? <laughs> so much safer to have this kind of experience. Um, I want to talk briefly today. <laughs> yeah, I actually did say that, didn't I? <laughs> you know what? There's one thing that you will always get from me, and that is my authentic self. <laughs> it will always be my authentic self. <laughs> And if you're not getting your if you if you're not getting your minister's authentic self, go somewhere else. <laughs> um, this is oh wow now I'm getting really emotional. This has been quite the year. Yes. Yes. When I started this year and I chose the theme for 2019 to be awaken, which a lot of people I'm sure forgot by the end of January. <laughs> It was never lost on me that the theme of this year was Awaken. And I have really come to more deeply understand what that means for me personally. And, you know, I'm sure you've all heard this before, but uh, there's this story that is told about Buddha. It is said that soon after his enlightenment, the Buddha passed a man on the road who was struck by the Buddha's extraordinary radiance and peaceful presence. The man stopped and asked, my friend, what are you? Are you a celestial being or a god? No, said the Buddha. Well, then are you some kind of magician or wizard? Again, the Buddha answered, no. Are you a man? No. Well, my friend, then what are you? The Buddha replied, I am awake. we speak in terms of awakening a lot in spiritual circles that what is what what is we we, we seem to think that there's some goal of enlightenment where there's some goal of awakening there's some goal to transcend in some manner well i'll tell you what we're all going to transcend this physical beingness at some point so don't work so hard at it is first of all what i'm going to tell you because you get to decide if you are enlightened right here and right now. You get to decide if you are awake. You get to decide. And what I really love about this concept of being awake is it can happen like that. And then there are people who work at it really hard. You get to decide who you're going to be. I am awakened today because of the work that I have done throughout this year. A part of awakening is the capacity that we have to let go. That's part of awakening, 
to be able to let go of past paradigms, to let go of those things which no longer serve us. And it is really important. And to let go of our beautiful friends, right? Yeah. Because well, I sent a picture to, so I was very attached to Catalina as well. I sent a picture just a couple, well, it was yesterday, I think. And we're this picture, and I'm on Carrie love seat, and I'm like curled up and sleeping, and Catalina is right there in the nook, sleeping as well. It was after a Sunday. Yeah, yeah, we both had our arms hanging off. Can you imagine me trying to sleep on a love seat? Like, I think I had a crick in my neck when I was done, but. But I talk a lot about this capacity to be able to let go. I've done many, many uh, talks on Sundays about what we can do to let go and let go and let go and let go. And the reason that it is important to let go is because principle is not bound by precedent. Principle is not bound by precedent. Now, there are those of you who are going to say, what? Those are the words of Thomas Troward, who was a very influential on the founder of the religious science movement, which is my path in ministry. I'm a religious science minister. Thomas Troward was very influential on Ernest Holmes. And he really takes this to heart, Ernest Holmes, in the work that he has done in the, in, in, in the writing, to say, we must be willing to let go of that which no longer serves us because all we are is who we are now moving forward. Oh, I took it down. Right? It's basically in this as well. Today is the only day in which we live, and yesterday has forever passed. The change we need to make is within our, the change we need to make within ourselves must be made today. If you are looking for spiritual enlightenment, decide right in this moment that you are enlightened. Right now. Because this is it, folks. This is all that exists. And it has no, no nothing that has preceded this moment has any bearing on who you are right now, except to the degree that you allow it. Except to the degree that you allow it. For you are the one who is in charge. I've done the, I've done the practice of, of you know, and, and, and done the metaphor of like having the, the bag that I then fill up with all the books of all the spiritual lessons that we've learned and I carry that around and it can weigh us down. Until we decide, I've learned what I need to learn, set it down. Because I know that I am a constantly evolving manifestation of this infinite divine presence. And knowing this, living this, who I am now is not who I have been except to the degree that I allow it to be. Who I am now is who I decide to be in this moment moving forward. And this is true for each and every one of us. So stop letting your past define you. You get to define who you are right in this moment. I am awake. I have decided to be awake. Waking up, one of the first things we do is open our eyes and we begin to see things as they really are. And so that leads us into the next part of awakening, which is vision which is today's talk, Awaken to the Vision. I had a vision that I hinted around at on July 28th of this year, right in this room, standing essentially in this spot. On July 28th, I told the story of the man by the river. And what nobody here knew, except the, for a, a select few who I had let in on that, the meaning behind my giving that particular talk that day, was that it was 
representing what was happening for me in my personal life. So I'm going to very quickly tell you the story of the man by the river because it's one of my favorite stories. It is rooted in the Christian paradigm, so go with it. <laughs> There's a man who lives by the river, and he is in his house. And, a, and, and the, on the radio comes a news report, and it says, the, 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 the torrential storms uh, are causing flooding. The river's banks are going to rise and break. Everyone should evacuate. And he thinks to himself, I'm a religious man. I pray God will take care of me. And so the waters rise and they took over the first floor of his house. And he goes to the second floor and he finds his way out to the balcony. And he's surrounded, his house is surrounded by water. And a rowboat comes by and a man in the rowboat rows up to the guy in the balcony. He says, hey, man, get in the boat. Get in the boat. I can take you to safety. And the man says, oh, no, 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 no. I am a religious man. I pray God will save me. And so the man in the rowboat continues on his way and the waters continue to rise and the man finds himself on the top of his house and a helicopter comes in and the helicopter, the guy in the helicopter throws a ladder down and over a bullhorn says, hey man, climb up the ladder and I will fly you to safety. And the man says, no, I'm a religious man. I pray God will, God will provide, God will take care of me. So the river overtakes his house. He is swept away and he is killed. And it's a really uplifting story, isn't it? <clears throat> he finds himself at the pearly gates and he demands an audience with God. And so God says, yes. He walks up to God and he says, God, I am a religious man. I prayed, why didn't you save me? And God said, I sent you a news report. I sent you a guy in a rowboat and I sent you a helicopter. What the hell are you doing here? <laughs> So I wanted to tell that story again because something happened around that time that I told this story on a Sunday uh, that I, did not, I didn't come out about until a little bit later. And that was that I had uh, become aware of a job opportunity at Unity of Tucson because their ministers after 53 years were retiring. And I received notification from somebody that said, hey, we're looking for a new minister. Do you know of anybody who would be interested? That was my radio report. And I wrote back and I said, I'm not, no, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know anybody, but I'll put the word out and I'll put some feelers out. And if anybody comes to mind, I'll let you know. Two weeks after that, I got another email from somebody else that said, I think you should maybe consider throwing your name in uh, as a candidate for this pulpit. And I thought, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. I did a little research and I walked away thinking, no, it's not for me. A couple weeks after that, somebody in this very room <laughs> sent me an email that said, I have been watching you online. I have been following you. You are the right person for this position. You must put your name in. And I thought, okay. If what I've been praying for with respect to Tucson New Thought is growth and space and community and an expansion of what it is I am doing, I get it. That third email was the helicopter. So I threw my name in. 
Now, many of you who were here last week will know that I received word last week that I've gone through the process. I had a couple interviews. I did receive word last week that they are moving beyond me. I'm no longer a candidate. They have decided not to move forward with me. So the story is still developing. <laughs> the story is still developing. And here's, here's what I mean by that. The story can never end because vision is always transforming itself. And so what it is that I seek is not a static thing. It was really hard for me to get that call when I first heard the news. But almost instantaneously, I said, this is absolutely the right thing. This is absolutely the right thing, because here's what happened. From July until now, what I have had to do more profoundly than I have ever had to do it in my life prior is get really clear on who I am and what I want as a minister. And what I discovered through the process is that it was not going to fit in that context. How many of us are willing to let go of the things we think should be in order to have the life that we are destined to have? So many of us hold on to that paradigm of like, I must have that, right? It was very, it was very appealing. Let's face it, that community has a beautiful uh, facility. They have 18 acres of land. It all goes in alignment with so many things that I was thinking I wanted in ministry. <sighs> and I'm so good with not being there. I am really good with not being there. Because what I have learned is that the story of our lives, the story of my life is not in something that I have to achieve. It is living the best version of me I can be. And it is never, it is never relegated to a particular set of circumstances. I love these circumstances, but I am also welcoming the evolution of these circumstances that is Tucson New Thought. That's why we are a center for spiritual evolution. That was super important to me when I first considered, what do I want to create when I move back to Tucson, my hometown, a place I am so grounded in and love? Because I, I could have gone any number of places in this world, absolutely. But I wanted to be here because I wanted to step into my personal evolution publicly in a way that would create a spiritual community in what I consider to be one of the most spiritual places on the planet. I love Tucson. I don't need to achieve anything because in this moment, I am the achievement and so are you. Right here and right now, we are the achievement. It is already achieved because you exist. You are here on this plane of action. That's the truth. So the development of the vision for what it is I would like to do and be, mostly be in ministry, because the doing follows the being, the development of that is the gift that I have been given over these several months of going through this process. What I required was clarity. That was the prayer. And that's what I got. That's what I got. So I had a business plan that I wrote in 2010, before I was a minister, about what I wanted to do in ministry, because that's when I was in ministerial studies, was in 2000, I started in 2010. 2000, well, actually, I started in 2009. 
But in 2010, one of the assignments in ministerial studies was you have to write a business plan for starting a center. And I wrote this business plan, and my business plan had three elements to it that were very important to me. Number one, to create an atmosphere, to create a community that was basically a full-time place for people to drop in and find spiritual and physical nourishment of all things. And I keep referring to Carrie Mom because she's been on this path with me. <laughs> That's still part of my desire to create that. Number, the, the second part of the business plan is to create a center for creativity and development of people's creativity in an artistic way, because that's also really important to me because that's what I considered my religion. If creativity was my spirituality for more than two decades, my religion was theater. See how that works? Because your religion is whatever the context of your spirituality becomes, and you decide what that is. You don't need to adhere to any prescribed religion, but that's how I understand religion. It is the construct around my spiritual nature that I get to develop. Now, many people buy into a construct, and you can do that, and that's magnificent if that is what is for you. What I know is that I don't wanna be bound to any particular construct because I'm always in that state of becoming. That's spiritual evolution. So I wanna create still a theater company that develops new works. That's part of my ministry. That's what I wanna do. The third part of my business plan was to create essentially what I will call a spiritual guest ranch so that we can attract people from all over the world to come here and find themselves. So you can see how some of these things, a facility that could be turned into a theater, 18 acres of land, you can see how all of these things could have fit into that construct, but it doesn't need to fit into that construct because the construct already exists in my mind. And that's what we teach. The constructs that exist in our minds become our reality. But we must be willing to do the spiritual work to ensure the reality. Because what will happen frequently is those erroneous thoughts that are below the level of our awareness will get in the way and they will stop the flow. We have spent a lifetime being fed negativity. This water is not so clear now. It started off clear, right? I'm not going to take poll or anything, but some of the stuff that went in here was probably negative thoughts that you were ready to release. That's just a guess. What am I ready to release? The negativity. So it's been released to this water. Now imagine that this water is your mind. Imagine that this water is your mind, and it has been fed with negative thoughts for most of your life taking one glass of clear water and pouring it in, one glass of positive thinking is not going to clear that up. It's not gonna clear that up. It takes consistent practice. Our work is to essentially take a garden hose, put it in there and constantly be flooding it out with the positive thinking. So eventually all the negative is forced out and it becomes clear again. That is spiritual work, and it never ceases. Nobody ever wants to hear that, <laughs> it, right? You're never going to be done. You're never going to be done. And you're never going to be done because there's always more to know. 
Spirituality is a journey, not a destination. Enlightenment is a journey, not a destination. What your vision is, is a journey, not a destination. Be willing to go and live in the flow. And I always say, it's work. But here's part of what happens with the work. As you engage that garden hose of positive thinking, there comes a point where you don't have to really work at it anymore. It becomes your new habit of being. And that, to me, is part of what makes this philosophy so magnificent, is that as I have embodied a new paradigm, as I have embodied a new habit of thinking on the positive side of life, it just gets easier to let the negative go. I let it go, and I let it go, and I let it go. I don't need to hold on to it anymore. So as we step into two, uh, to 220, I don't know what that meant. As we step into 2020, <laughs> as we step into 2020, the theme of the year, of course, because it's going to be at every spiritual center that exists, is going to be 2020 vision. <laughs> and we don't need eyeglasses to get 2020 vision. What we need is practice. What we need is practice. I have a renewed sense of my vision and the direction we are heading with respect to the construct that currently exists that's called Tucson New Thought. And I am so grateful that so many people were here to hear this today. Because I'm serious, like we're literally, I'm literally looking at a larger space tomorrow. Because yes. we need it. Yeah. I am ready to take the next step. And we have gone through exponential growth in the, hold on, I have to count, 12. In the 21 months that we've been in existence. 21 months we have been in existence from the first round table at Carrie Mon's house. When we had, when I limited it to 15 people. But I knew where we were going, I knew where we were headed and I am grateful for the flow that is you and the love that you bring to this. And I will always be indebted in love and will always pay you back with love. I'm grateful and let's let that be the way we step into 2020 vision. Namaste. Hello, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of My Sunday Message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, www.tucsonnewthought.org. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.